Hey everyone, welcome back to the Afroman exclusive. My name is Rechi. Today's episode is all about finding peace and balance in everyday life. Before we get into it, I would like to do a land acknowledgement. I acknowledge that the land on which we are is the traditional Cedar territory of the Mi'kmaq. I respect the history, spirituality, and culture of the Mi'kmaq people who have lived here for over 15,000 years, and other indigenous people who have migrated here through and across all Turtle Island. I accept me today. I'm grateful to all those who have come across this, all those who have taken the time and effort to listen at any given moment and at any given point. Like I said, today we'll be talking about finding peace and balance in everyday life. This podcast is an episode about my life. I call it a manual for my life. Not shying away, but accepting who I am. The content for today is peace and balance in daily life, navigating and embracing the chaos within. I'll talk about self-love, being present, and gratitude. With self-love, we'll be understanding and embracing our emotions. With being present, I'll share two quotes that have helped me exert how to be present And with gratitude, I'll introduce a concept from the Zen master John Rush Halifax, which is called the mind of poverty. And she explains how gratitude can transform us. Before I begin, I would like to share a short story with you. In this moment, feel free to close your eyes or leave them open. Visualize or choose not to if you want to and you have the capacity to do so. The story I'm going to tell you is of a king that held a competition for painters. This competition was won for painters to show and depict peace, a competition that ran for the whole day. At the end of the day, the king decided to choose the winner. He went through all the painters that had come from all across the world to showcase their skills. He picked two paintings at the end of the day. The first one everyone thought was the obvious winner. And the first one, what you could see, still waters, the mountain was nice, the grass The trees were still, the clouds were still, there was a sun, there were birds. This showed the stillness of life and everyone thought this was the winner. Moving on to the second painting, what you could find was a storm, rigid mountains, uncultivated grass and within the storm on the side of the mountain 
a branch was poking out. And on the branch, you could see a mother bird feeding her babies. And the king chose this as the winner. To the surprise of everyone. When the king was asked why he chose this as the winner, he explained. Peace does not mean to be in a place where there's no noise, no trouble, no hard work, no trials or difficulties. Peace is to be in the middle of all mayhem and chaos, and yet to stay calm, focused, and yet to make an inward journey. Society makes it tough on us. Everyone is going through something tough. We should choose to be kind, even for us ourselves. We should not wait for the perfect moment to find peace. What we are going through, we can still find moments to look within ourselves and find that peace. A good little quote I'll leave for you from the Bhagavad Gita. It's a Hindu scripture used by the monks. It says, you are more powerful than your difficulties. Even a quote from Gandhi, he says, peace and harmony comes when we align with what we say, do and think. So the question we need to ask ourselves is this, do our words create peace? Do our thoughts create peace? Everything starts with the inner self. We'll go into the content which has to do with finding peace and balance. I will introduce self-love, being present and gratitude. These are things I use myself to find peace and balance in my daily life. If you want to and you have the capacity to do so, feel free to pick up on any of these and use them for yourself. And like I said, with self-love, we'll be understanding and embracing our emotions. I believe self-love is the foundation of our loving practice. I read a book by Bell Hooks, which is called All About Love, New Visions. And in that book, you see Bell Hook's quote, and she says, We should not expect to receive the love from someone else. You do not, you, you do not expect to receive the type of love you do not give to yourself from someone else. So when we do not show ourselves a certain type of love, how do we expect others to show us that same type of love? Jay Sherry. Treat yourself with the same love and respect you want others to show you. We have to start by getting to know ourselves, understanding and embracing our emotions and our true self. Not tagging our emotions as bad or good or positive or negative. Showing compassion to ourselves first. Teaching ourselves how to fully love thyself first. So we do not come from a place of lack, but a place of fulfillment. Think about this. When you're in a space, the ones you occupy, the ones you hold, when you come with love from a place of fulfillment, because you know how to show yourself that same love and 
you're not coming from a place of lack, your love can be fully expressed. The way you ask for love and the way you receive it will be truly aligned with who you are. And something with self-love I usually say and I do is how do I feed myself? One stuff I do is meditation. Something I've I've understood about meditation is that meditation is not about controlling the mind but noticing it. And the mantra I use for myself, and I encourage you to use this if you want to and you have the capacity to do so, is make my mind my friend. I'll say the mantra one more time. Make my mind my friend. (laughs) Meditation gives you the opportunity to allow thoughts to come and go. It gives you the opportunity to be mindful And mindfulness is simply the quality or state of of being aware of something. We have to be responsible and take accountability for the spaces that we occupy. I see it that way. Being mindful and aware of the spaces I occupy, being responsible, taking accountability is key. I like to spend quality time with myself, meaningful experiences, finding out things I like, making the time and space to get to know myself. I also recently came across Esther Perel and she talks about eroticism, but not just only in the romantic sense. She talks about how we can love ourselves erotically and not only in the sexual manner as well, but fully being receptive, willing, open and responsive. She talks about using the five senses to be erotic. And I'll explain. And I'll use this on how, and I'll explain this on how we can use this for ourselves. With the five senses, we can listen a little closer to ourselves We can touch ourselves a little softer. We can savor and linger. We can observe and embody. When it comes to listening to ourselves a little bit closer, noticing yourself, noticing your thoughts, touching yourself a little bit softer. Do you deserve a hug today? Do you deserve a high five? You can give yourself a high five. Savor and linger. Even the things we eat, savoring the moments as well, lingering on to the good times and being grateful for what you have. Observe and embody. Even when feelings come across, how do you embody these feelings? How do you fully observe yourself? And something I do as well is I make a to-be list. I'm not taking you away from the to-do list, but a to-be list helps me, it sets me up for success for the day. So before I get into a to-do, I like to do the to-be. On my to-be list, I'll put things like, I want to be compassionate, I want to be loving, I want to be kind, I want to be patient, I want to be erotic, I want to be feedback ready. 
this is setting the intent for the day. When I pick up on these things, because before I go do a specific task, if I tell myself I should be compassionate and loving, I should be patient, it gives me the time and opportunity to fully be present in the moment and understand it. Small steps and big priority. These are small steps I take daily and I put big priorities on them. A good quote I can leave with you right here is, judge your day not by the harvest, but by the seeds you grow. Judge your day not by the harvest, but by the seeds you grow. This will lead us into being present. Being present is so underrated in the modern day and in our society because everybody is thinking of what next about tomorrow, like task we need to complete. And I don't shame you for this. There's so much going on. There's so much we have to get done. But regardless of this, can we still find moments and times to be present? The two quotes I would like to leave you with is this. The first one, which is usually accredited to C.S. Lewis. He says, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. I'll say that one more time. You can't go back. You cannot go back. And change the beginning but you can start where you are and change the ending I don't have a time machine I don't know if you, any of you have one please let me know <laughs> but tomorrow is lost all we have is this moment all we have is today make the best of what you can do with what you have and the spaces you occupy the next quote is from Seneca. I got this from the Stoics. And Seneca says, Think of death as happening in the present and not in the future. The example given was of an 80-year-old person. And he said the 80-year-old person has lost it all. Meaning, he or she cannot get the 80 years that has been lost they cannot get the 80 years that has been lost and this got me thinking who we are and what we do is in the present moment if we cannot get back what we had before and we don't know what's ahead then all we have is this present moment who we are and what we do is the present moment We have to be aware of who we are and who we are becoming in the moment. What actions can we take to be present in the moment? You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. Think of death as happening in the present moment and not in the future. Gratitude. What are you grateful for today? 
I'm grateful for everyone that had the opportunity or has the opportunity to come across this podcast, this episode, to all those listening to me right now. I know you could be doing something else or you could possibly be somewhere else. I appreciate you for making the time, even if it's just listening to this section. And with gratitude, I want to say it's not an emotion, but a principle we must follow and work on. We have to be grateful for who we are today and where we are so we can be thankful and grateful when we get to where we're supposed to be or where we want to be. The concept I want to introduce to you from Zen Master Rush Joan Halifax is called the mind of poverty. The Zen Master says gratitude is how we transform. The mind of poverty has nothing to do with material poverty. When we are caught in the mind of poverty, we focus on what we lack, feeling as though we do not deserve love and peace and ignoring all that we have been given. With the mind of poverty, we only focus on what we lack, feeling as though we do not deserve love and peace and ignoring all that we are given. The Zen master says, the conscious practice of gratitude is the key out of the poverty mentality that erodes our gratitude and we treat our integrity When I came across this, I shared this with a friend and she, we we spoke about it for a bit. I also explained how I like to do a gratitude journal at the end of the day where I write five things I'm grateful for. Most days I end up writing more than five. It helps me be present too as well. Feel free to do this if you want to and you have the capacity to do so. My friend also does this. But she explains how she's trying to close down or how she's not trying to create distance and time between the act and actually being grateful in the sense of this. Realizing in the moment that we can be grateful at that point and possibly being vocal or feeling it as opposed to waiting to the end of the day to be grateful for it. Something we're both working on is trying to be grateful in every moment when it's presented so we can fully embody it and be erotic in that moment as well. We cannot fixate on the negatives. We have to look towards the positive. Not that I'm trying to tell you about creating the false positivity. Gratitude can transform us when we least expect it. The story from the king says, shows that there can be two types of life, that peace can come at any given moment if we look to find it and create it. I do not know what you are going through in life, 
if you want to and you have the capacity to practice some of these tips, I encourage you to do so. I wish you peace and balance in your daily life. This is Rechi and signing out for Tame.